Memorial Day weekend, and we get to celebrate those who served, and especially this weekend, those who um, passed away for our country. So if you are a veteran, or if you're currently in the service, if you'd stand up so we can honor you uh, for your service. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for helping to preserve our freedom so that we have freedoms to come and celebrate and worship God. And today is a family service. And so being Memorial Day weekend, I wanted to uh, kind of focus the message around our nation and what's going on in our country and how we can stay positive through that. And so, so today um, we're going to be continuing and today's message is called Stay Positive in Our Nation. When the guy at the gym is muscle-bound You look in the mirror, but you're still round Don't lose heart, you'll lose those pounds Don't let it get you down, stay positive When you take a test and don't do so hot You think you studied enough, but maybe not The next one you give it all you got And see you smarter than what you thought Stay positive Hey man, stay positive. I know that doesn't have anything to do with, with our country, but has anyone ever been in history class? Everybody, anybody ever failed a class or, or a test? Just like that guy, that poor red guy, right, man? He, he's always got, you know, everything going wrong for him. Um, and if this is your first time, we've watched a video similar to that um, every Sunday for the past month. We have a whole bunch of them. And that poor red guy, he's, he's really struggling. Everything's kind of going wrong for him. Um, and I know a lot of the kids are here. And if you've been in school, maybe you had a hard time on a test. Maybe you took a test. You thought you studied enough, but maybe not, right? But in those times, we, can, we need to be positive. And so um, if you don't know, before I was here as a pastor, I taught at a high school. Um, and my undergrad, I actually did my student teaching in history, and I got to teach American history, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and so stuff about our country and about history is something that is very near and dear to my heart. I enjoy um, history probably a lot more than most people um, because I've, I've heard most people don't really care for history. They're like, it's boring. There's a bunch of dates and stuff, and nobody really cares. But I like it. I, I think it's really interesting. And, and we can learn a lot from history. Um, but a lot of times we might feel like that red guy. And so today, stay positive in our nation. And to start off, I have a quote from Dr. Benjamin Rush. And so Benjamin Rush, if you don't know, me being a history buff, he was one of the ones who signed the Declaration of Independence. He was the Surgeon General of the Continental Army uh, in the 1700s. And he was also the Treasurer of the U.S. Mint. And so today I wanted to look at some of our founding fathers and why it's important that we can stay positive in our nation no matter what's going on. And so this is what he said. He said, The gospel of Jesus Christ precedes the wisest rulers for just, con just con conduct in every situation of life. Happy they who are enabled to obey them in all situations. My only hope of salvation is in the infinite trans 
transcendent love of God manifested in the world by His death and, the son, and His Son upon the cross. Nothing but the blood will wash away my sins. I rely exclusively upon it. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Who knows, that's a pretty powerful statement from somebody who was one of the ones who um, helped to start our country, right? That's, that's pretty powerful. And he, he goes on to say other things, but then he also um, helped with public schools. And so he said about public schools, he said, if we were to remove the Bible from public schools, we would be wasting so much time punishing crimes and taking so little pains to prevent it. Who believes that taking the Bible out of schools has created more crime? You know, this, this country, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to complain a lot about what's going on. You know, whether you, whether you agree with the, the, the government currently or whether you agree with a different one, it changes all the time, right? I mean, the amount of times I change my shirt is how kind of the government changes, right? And so we can debate that later, but at the same time, something like the Bible in schools, right? There's so much crime. There's so much... Um, stuff going on in our country. And according to one of our founding fathers, it's because we took the Bible out of schools. Um, and so, in, I know the kids are here, and so in your schools, it's, you don't, it's, it's hard to read the Bible, right? Um, and here in church, you guys do the Pledge of Allegiance to the Bible, right? Do you guys do that in class? Pledge of Allegiance to the Bible, Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag, right? But most of the time in schools, you only do the Pledge of Allegiance to the American flag, right? Because the Bible has been taken out of schools, but originally the hope and the desire was that the Bible would be a part of your learning in all schools. And that's something that we uh, can strive to help with Bible clubs and things like that, but, you know, as we, as we stay positive and try to, try to think, okay, even though something isn't going very well, we can still you know, look to God. So, if you don't know who Benjamin Rush is, there's another, um, another quote from a famous um, founding father you may know better. His name's Thomas Jefferson. Oh, there's sound to it. There he is. That's not Thomas Jefferson, though. liberties of a nation be thought to be secure when they have removed their only firm basis, which is a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift of God. Are you able to restart that real quick? Maybe. So Thomas Jefferson also was one of our founding fathers and our third president, and most of us probably know who Thomas Jefferson is. Unalienable rights. The God who gave us life also gave us liberty. But can the liberties of a nation be thought to be secure when they have removed their only firm basis, which is a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift of God. So the God who gave us life gave us freedom. Do you guys believe that? Gave us liberty. So when they, when they established this country, the founding fathers really believed that it was because we had a creator, because we had a God who gave us liberties and gave us rights, that we can have freedom, that all men are created equal, right? That we're endowed by our creator, right, as the Declaration of Independence says. And so, that's where I want to start. And then, if you would turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3. 
we're going to start reading there. And if you know the background of Nehemiah, Nehemiah is uh, a man who helped the nation of Israel a whole lot. And so we'll get into what he did in a little while. But Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3, it says, They said to me, and this is uh, Nehemiah talking, those who survived the exile and are back in the providence are in great trouble and distress. The walls of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenants of love with those who love him and obey his commands. Let your ear be at be attentive and your eyes be your and your eyes open to hear the prayers of your servant is praying before you day and night. For your servant, the people of Israel, I confess the sins we Israelites including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commandments, decrees, and laws you gave us. You gave your servant Moses. Amen. Let's pray real quick. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that that we get to learn from your word, we get to read your word, and we get to understand and obey what your word says. We thank you and praise you, Lord God, that, that, that the Bible is, is for us, Lord God, and we can learn so much, and we ask that you, you teach us, Lord God. Give, give me your words, Lord God, so I can speak for you, Lord Jesus. We thank you and praise you for today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Nehemiah was a man who had found out he was living in exile and in in um and so he found out that Israel the the Jerusalem the city was in distress and so that's the first point today nation is in distress and who believes America might be in distress right now you know whether you believe whatever political side you agree with or disagree with or whatever we can all kind of agree that America is struggling right now. We're, in, we're a nation in distress. And just like Jerusalem was, so, it's, so Nehemiah was in exile, but, and he found out he had uh, visitors from Jerusalem that came and told him that the, the gates were burned down and the walls were, were torn down and things were really a mess. Um, and so I have a question for the kids. Why was Nehemiah so upset that the walls and the gates were broken and burned down? I'll go back to the other one real quick. Does anybody know why Nehemiah would have been so upset that the gates were broken down? Anybody? Is that a good thing or a bad thing if you're, if you're at fences? Yeah. It's bad. Why? Exactly. Yep. Oh, close. That's right. Yeah. If the wall is broken down, they can't, they're, they're not going to be safe, right? They're, they're vulnerable to other people who might attack them. And I'm not talking about the wall that is America that's happening right now. I'm talking about Jerusalem. So you can believe whatever you want to believe for that. 
doesn't matter right now. But the nation was in distress, right? And so Israel, Israel was blessed by God for a, for a long, long time, right? We, we, we know looking at the Old Testament that, um, you know, David and Solomon, and there were so many great things, right? But at this time, the walls had been torn down and the gates had been burned because they were unfaithful, right? So Nehemiah realizes we have been wicked. We were not obeying the laws of Moses. We were struggling. We were, we were doing wrong in your sight, and I'm sorry. And so I feel like this is very similar to today. I feel like America started, right? So for many years, America was very focused on the principles and on the, on the, on the standards of the Bible and the Ten Commandments, and now it's hard to even put the Ten Commandments anywhere in public, or people might try to take it down. And so, the, the freedoms that, that were established and the freedoms that happened in the past are similar to Israel, right? God was blessing Israel for a long, long time, and, and God has blessed America for a long, long time also. But Israel continued down this path, and then eventually they fell, right? The, the walls were burned and torn down, and the gates were burned and torn down. And I believe that America is heading that way. But it's up to us, right? We, we need to follow in Nehemiah's um, leading. So I have another founding father. Kids, who was our first president? Anybody know who our first president? Hold on, you, you, already, you already guessed one. Anybody else? All right, all right, Jacob. Who was it? George Washington. Ready? Oh, that was a terrible throw. Um, yeah, so George Washington was our first president, and I, I believe all of us adults should know that too, and this is a guy drawing George Washington. He's on the dollar, if you didn't know. But he, but he said, it is impossible to rightly govern a nation without God and the Bible. It is impossible to rightly govern, govern a nation without the Bible and God being part of our, our governing body. And so that's why it's very important that as, as believers, we, we, we pray and we, we look to the Bible and to God to help us in, in knowing, you know, how to vote and how to, how to stand up for things and how to share things and stuff like that. Because our country is kind of struggling right now because a lot of our government has left the Bible out, right? A lot of, the, a lot of our government has for many years turned away from God and, our, and the Bible, and so that's one of the reasons we're kind of in the place we are, right? And I'm not saying we all need to, like, become the president because I would hate to be the president, and I, probably most of you probably feel the same way, but, but as, as citizens, we have liberties and we have rights to share our opinion and, and say, hey, you know, like, and the National Day of Prayer was awesome. Uh, Evan and I got to got to be a part of the National Day of Prayer here in Greenville. And it's, it's great because that's something that, that our country has recognized as, okay, prayer is important. Maybe we should do it. So it, it's a national day, and, and we have other um, national days that, that kind of gear toward remembering the Bible and remembering God. And those, those things are things that we as believers, you know, and as church members, we, we need to encourage and be like, hey, Let's participate. Hey, let's, let's make this 
seem relevant and make this important to, uh, you know, the people in the government so that they know that, oh, it's not just, well, you know, it's a nice thing. We should maybe, I guess, do it. But no, it's really important. We should focus and we should rely on God in all of our decisions, right? Um, and so Nehemiah understood this. Nehemiah understood that his, his nation, I mean, he was, he was the cupbearer for the king and he was living in exile. He was not in Jerusalem at all, but he understood that Israel was struggling a whole lot. They were a nation in distress. And so the next thing we find is Nehemiah repents, right? And so the second thing is a nation in repentance. And we find that Nehemiah, we read that Nehemiah didn't just say, well, you know, that's real sad that, you know, Jerusalem's burned down and he, he cried and he mourned. He did. He fasted, but he also repented. So it said that he repented for the sins of Israel, which I thought was really interesting. So Nehemiah was not just repenting for his own personal sins, which we need to do, right? You know, as, as, as people, we, we all sin. And kids, who is the one who forgives us when we repent from our sins? Somebody else besides those two, yeah. Who forgives you? You know? All right. Good job, Gwen. Jesus did. Whew. Right. Jesus is the one who, help, who forgives us. Ooh. But at this time, obviously this was before Jesus, but, but Nehemiah understood that it's important that the community as a whole repents. And I believe that the church today is struggling, and that might have to do with why our country is struggling too, because there's a lot of unrepentant hearts in the church, you know, the church at large. You know, the church in America, there's a lot of people who are, you know, saying, oh yeah, I go to church every Sunday, but there's an unrepentant heart in there, you know, that they have. They haven't repented and asked Jesus for real repentance. And so what Nehemiah was doing is what it says in Second Chronicles 7.14. It says, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Does anybody believe America needs healed right now? Amen. But if my people, okay, so are we his people? If my people who humble themselves, right? So, so Nehemiah did exactly this. He, he fasted and he mourned for days. He humbled himself and then he prayed and he repented with a heart of repentance from their wicked ways. That's what Nehemiah said. We've been wicked. I'm sorry, God. It's not just me. It's not just my father, but the whole nation, you know, at large. And so it's important that we understand that, that repentance isn't just for one person, right? It's not... Repentance is important personally, but it's also important collectively. And so it's interesting because Nehemiah was willing to ask for forgiveness for the sins of all the country. And then he found favor with the king and was able to go back. And so Nehemiah, he didn't just repent for his own sins because he clearly he was, you know, a follower of, of God and he he, he believed God and Jehovah and because 
why else would he be so upset, right? Why else would he fast and pray like he did? But he realized that it's important that we don't just look at ourselves, but we look at the whole body. You know, in Israel, Israel and Jerusalem, the Israelites are, are like, like the, the uh, shadow of the church, right? So we're, we're, we're the, the church of, of, of Christ. Christ has come and we're, the, we're Christians now, we're not Jews. But at the same time, well, we can look at them because they were like the church, right? They were a body and they were a group who believed in God and who followed God. And now we're a body and a group who believe in God and follow God, right? So, as, as we look at that, we can see that, oh, if, if, there's a, if there's people in the church and in the body who are unrepentant, just like they were in Israel, then we're all going to suffer. You know, it's not just going to be America, but it's going to be the church at large that we're going to suffer. So, we need to remember that, that we can be the voice of, of repentance and we can be the ones who help people find forgiveness and repentance. For their sins. Um, if you would jump to chapter 2, so um, in same in, ne- in Nehemiah, so chapter 2, verse 18, so he, so he's, the story continues as he's going and, and um, he tries to find out with the king if he can go back and see what he can do. And then so at this point, he's, he's, he's gone back, right? The king has given him favor, so he's gone back. And then verse, seven, verse 17, 17 and 18, it says, Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins. Its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in distress. I also told, told them about the gracious hand of God upon me and what the king had, had said to me. They replied, Let us, re- let us start rebuilding. So they began a good work. So Nehemiah didn't, didn't spend time complaining, right? There's a lot of times in America that, especially like um, I, I find on Facebook, anybody else have, ever has Facebook here? You know, like you have a Facebook or you have stuff like that. You, you, just, you just find people, especially like a couple years ago during the election, there were like this person, this, like, oh, we're going to argue. And like people like stopped being friends over it. It was like, sad. So, they were complaining, they were grumbling, they were fighting over what's going on in our country. But Nehemiah, when he found out that there was stuff wrong, he didn't just say, oh, I'm going to complain, oh, I'm going to tell this person, oh, if you only did this, if you did that, blah, 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 blah. He did something. He replied, he, he acted instead. He went to the king, he got favor, he, he went back and he started to rebuild. So it's important that we that we pray and repent on behalf of the whole nation. And so so us, it's important that we repent and we pray and we 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 understand that it may not be us that are have fallen into unrepentance, but it is us who can say God help us as as the church at large. Please forgive us because we've we've been We've been distant from you, Lord God. Please forgive us and give me opportunities to help others also seek forgiveness. Because there's, there's, too much, there's too much sin and strife in the church and in our nation right now. There's, there's stuff going on that, that is clearly wrong. And as believers, we, we can see it. We're like, oh, that's so, so wrong, right? But it goes back to what 
Benjamin Rush said, if you take the Bible out of schools, we're going to have so much extra crime that we're not going to be able to, or however exactly he said it, but right, we're going to have more crime. So Nehemiah didn't spend time complaining and arguing and grumbling, but Nehemiah began building the walls. I believe we must also, in America, build walls and gates. Now, I'm not talking about the, the physical wall like I mentioned before. If, if, if you think we should build a wall, fine. If you think we shouldn't build a wall, fine. That's if you have a reasonable and nice and honest debate about it, that's fine. But arguing again, like I said, if you start arguing, that's not okay. We shouldn't be arguing. We, we, can, we can have logical discussions about whether you believe we should do something or not. But I believe we all must have walls and gates in the body of Christ. And so, the walls, I believe, just like um, Connor said, right, invading armies could come in. If you have your walls that are broken down, they can come in and attack you. And who knows, the devil is always trying to attack us individually and the church at large, right? So, we must build walls against sin. We must build walls against the attacks of the devil, because the Holy Spirit can be with us, and the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us build walls. And it's the, it's the Word of God that helps us to, to put up those walls, right? Put up, a, put up a standard against the devil, right? Put up a standard. So it's important that we, that we understand that we must build walls just like Nehemiah did. Nehemiah was building physical walls around a physical place. But as the body of Christ, we must build a wall around the church and around you know, personally and collectively and around families, right? Because our kids, I mean, they could be tempted and susceptible to a lot of things just because they don't know a lot, right? But as, as grown-ups and as uh, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, people like that, we need to help our kids to build those walls against sin so that the world will not sway them for things. Um, Alexander Hamilton said, if you're not standing, standing for nothing means you will fall for anything. All right, so to, to help this point, does anybody know what swords and arms is? You know what that is? All right, so here's what I want to do. I want to have swords and arms real quick, okay? So if you have, if you're a kid and you have a Bible, grab it. If not, I have a couple extras, and then your parents can help, so... But you guys have a Bible? If you need one, I'll grab, I'll give you one real quick. Swords and arms. So I'll explain swords and arms while I'm helping these guys get a Bible. So swords and arms for adults who don't know is, this is your sword, right? We all know this is the sword and, you know, the Word of God. Do you guys, you guys want one back there to look up something? You guys want one? All right, I got a couple more. Um, and so you use your sword to fight, right? And spiritually, here you go. Um, and so what it is, is everybody puts their Bible up in the air, right? Because you, you put your sword up in the air. And so you take that sword and you look up something because we all know that we must learn and we must grow in knowing the Bible, right? All right, so I do. Yeah, it's fine. Everybody can hold the Bible up in the air. Either way, yeah, Jacob has extra rules for it, but that's okay. We're not, we're not, 
We don't, we don't need the extra rules right now. Okay, so, so swords and arms. And what we're going to do is we're going to take this book and look in it, right? Because we need to know what's in it and where things are. All right, so the verse is Romans 12, 2. So Romans is in the New Testament. If you have one of the Bibles that I just gave out to you, that's only the New Testament. So Romans 12, verse 2. You found it? Good job. You found it? Verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2. And see, this is great practice for people who may not open their Bible very much, right? If you don't open your Bible, you're not going to know, oh, there it is, you know. But the faster you can find things, the more likely you've been opening your Bible often. And if you use a phone, that's fine, but that's kind of cheating because all you have to do is, like, type a couple things, and then it's there. You're not really, like, looking it up. All right, so both of you guys found it, right? You found it first. All right. Found it at the same time? All right. All right. No candy. All right. Do one of you boys want to read it? Do you, can you read it? You want to help me read it? All right. I'll help, you, I'll help you read it, actually. Come here. Come here. All right. So verse 2 is right there. Do. Do not come. Conform. For. Conform. Conform. Yeah, it's on. Oh, all right, talk into it. Hello? Yeah, it's on. Inform any. Inform any longer to just, just keep reading. Good job. And then it finishes with saying, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Thanks, bud. All right. Go sit down. All right. So do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, as I was saying that we must build a wall, right? The pattern of this world is sin, right? Because the fall in Genesis 3, we find that sin entered the world and sin came and distorted everything. And so, the pattern of this world is, is a sinful pattern. And we found, we found that our country 
has fallen into that pattern pretty heavily, right? So we, we see a lot of our founding fathers who, who wanted to use the Bible, wanted to, you know, rely on the Creator and who is God for our understanding and for our laws, but it has been tainted, right? It's been about 200 years, and over the time, the Bible has come out of schools, more crime has happened, people have kind of left the church. It's been slowly dwindling for a long time. Um, and, I mean, my, my whole life, it's been similar to that, you know, it's already been pretty dark my whole life. Um, but as believers, we don't want to start complaining. We don't want to start falling into that arguing and that complaining because we want to stay positive because we understand that if we don't conform to the pattern of this world, the, the, the lies and the deceit and the, the sin, we can renew our mind and we can stay true in the peace and the love and the joy and the patience and the kindness and the goodness and faithfulness and gentleness that only come from God, right? The peace that passes all understanding. So no matter what situation our country is in, we can stay positive because we, we have a greater king, right? We, we have a greater ruler who is God. And when we look to him in all that we do, he will keep us in his care. So don't, you know, as, as, as we continue through this year and the coming years as elections are coming up fairly soon again, don't get caught up in that in that hatred, you know, in that, in that arguing and fighting, you know, if you, you can speak your, you can speak your points, but don't argue because if you start arguing and you start, oh, 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 that's not the love of Christ showing through, right? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying like, don't, don't say, hey, you know, that I don't agree with that. You, you can absolutely say that, but especially online, I feel like there's a lot of times online that we, we might say, oh, yeah, I agree with this, and then there starts arguing, and then and it becomes heated, and it's easy to type on a keyboard because you're not actually looking at somebody in the face saying, hey, this is why I believe this. Hey, I, you know, I, I believe abortion is wrong because I believe it's, you know, taking the life of a baby. But if you're just typing that and somebody else is on a different screen, they're not looking at you, and there's, you know, there's just two screens, and there's no real personal contact, it's not really like a like a loving conversation. It's not a real loving, hey, let's, let's talk about this. Let's see where, where why, you, why you believe something, why I believe something, so we can, we can come together and maybe, maybe you can actually help somebody to find your view or whatever, right? But just posting online sometimes can get into that fighting and it's easy to, to get caught up in, I'm just typing away. I don't know if anybody else has felt like, like that, but I've I, I know um, in, in our lives, Robin posted something one time and got a bunch of, like, you know, criticism and hate for it, and it was terrible, right? There were a bunch of people who just started, like, yelling at her online, and it was like, if they were in person, they would have probably just talked about it, but there's, there's a lot of feelings, right? So, we need to be careful that when, when we do share our beliefs, we do it in love. We, we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, because if we're not, then we're just ourselves, our flesh, the, 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 the sin trying to come out and trying to get in the walls that we have hopefully built, right? Because that anger can come out, and it's just, oh, let's just beat somebody down with 
what we believe is true. And it probably is because it's from the Bible, right? If it's from the Bible, it's true. But at the same time, you don't want to hit somebody over the head with it, right? Because we're, it's about loving people. It's about, hey, let's, let's sit down and talk about this and we can grow, right? It's about learning and growing and, and loving on people because if we do that, then we can start rebuilding. Which leads me to my, my next part about building gates. So, in, so Nehemiah built gates also, right? So the gates were burned down, but we also must build gates. And so as, as we build walls against sin, we must also build gates of love to people, right? Because our call as the body of Christ is to stand for truth, is to stand for justice, is to stand for love, but also to reach out to sinners, to reach out to people who are not in the body of Christ, to reach out to people, right? Because gates help people come in, right? So if, if in Jerusalem, Nehemiah was like, well, the gates are burned down, you know what? We just want that protection, so we'll just build a wall. Nobody can get in, period. We're just good here. Then how would they do anything, right? You need those gates to help, help us reach out to people, to help us to, to change things, right? Because if we're not creating those gates so that we can be the light and the love of Christ in our nation, then we're not going to help change anything, right? So it's important that we also build gates because Christ wants us to be, be the light in the darkness. He wants us to be the ones who reach out to help people, not just, you know, let's hide in this building and, and hope nobody comes in because, you know, people who don't believe like we do are out there and let's just hide, right? No, we're, we're supposed to hey, let's show the light and the love of Christ to everyone we meet. And in this nation, I know it's a little bit difficult because um, everybody has their own opinion, and we're allowed to have our opinion, which is great. It's wonderful that our founding fathers helped us all to have our own voice. But we need to make sure that that, that opinion and that voice is led by the Holy Spirit, is led by love, so that we can help change things the way Christ wants us to, not the way we want to right? Because we can fall into the temptation of, you know, well, I know what's best. No, God knows what's best. So, the third thing, the nation is rebuilt. So, Nehemiah has been working, and if I, if I can have some helpers, um, I, we want to do a little I'm going to say a little skit to help illustrate um, the next, what is it, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, essentially the rest of the book, all right? So we're not going to read the rest of Nehemiah. All right. Um, so everybody who wants, all the kids who want to help can come up and just stand here. Just stand there. All right. All right, so essentially these guys are going to help me illustrate the rest of the book of Nehemiah, because if you've read the book of Nehemiah, you know there's stuff that happens. All right, so you and you are Israel, and you two are the other nations. All right, Israel, go over there. Yep, go over there with Jacob. All right, so we have Israel and we have other nations, so we know that like the Amalekites and the Amorites and all these kind of people, but there's only two of them, so um, we're just going to say other nations. And so, as the story goes, stop. All right, so Nehemiah, the next several chapters we know, helped 
build the walls and build the gates. And so essentially what happened was in, in chapter 3, so we've, we looked at chapter 1 and chapter 2, and in chapter 3, Nehemiah begins construction of the gates in Jerusalem. So can you guys uh, build something just out of, out of the air? Just, just pretend to be building something. All right, there you go. That's Israel. Israel's building something, right? So for, for chapter 3, they're building something. All right. And then in chapter 4, Nehemiah begins to find that the other nations, these guys, are opposing them, right? So, so, so if you guys could be really angry, give, give me a real angry face for them. Give, give them a real angry... No, turn around. All right. So that's the other nations. They're real mad. And why are they mad? Because Israel is starting to rebuild, right? So these guys are mad because they're, they're surrounding nations that are saying that, like, you know, we're better than you. You were once God's people, and now you're not. So they're upset that the nation of Israel is starting to rebuild. And then so in chapter 4, we find, oh, that was chapter 4. But they got mad, and they started to try to attack them, right? But Israel began to pray again. So can you guys pray? Can you guys? There you go. There you go. So Israel began to repent and pray again, right? So they're, they're praying for protection. They're praying for help from God. And when this was happening, they also... Here you go. Here you go. So if you know the story, all the... Stay over there. All of Israel, all the workers, right, they were being attacked by those guys. They were being attacked. I don't have another sword. That's all right. Stay over there. Don't actually attack each other. Um, <laughs> so they were being attacked. And so Nehemiah, after, after they prayed and after they sought God for help, every, every builder had a sword or a weapon in one hand and a, we- and a tool in the other, right? So they were actively working and they protected themselves, right? So you have, so you have a lightsaber and, and a hammer, right? And so that's clearly what they had. In, in Nehemiah. So just in case the angry ones, show your angry face again, mm, in case they came back, they were able to protect themselves and they knew that God would protect them. And then, all right, here, need them back real quick. All right. And then so it continues on to chapter five. And in chapter five, there it becomes clear that the people of Israel had stopped following some of the commands. And um, weeks ago, we talked about the year of Jubilee and forgiving of debts. And so what we find is that the people began to forgive each other their debts and give back and start to try to help each other. So they were, instead of fighting with each other, they were beginning to forgive each other. You want to? Here, you want, you want to tell him you forgive him? Do you want to tell him? Just say, I forgive you. Just say, I forgive you. I forgive you. Oh, perfect. There you go. So Israel is oh, Israel's starting to forgive each other, right? So, they're, so they're, they're looking at, okay, so things haven't been good, and the walls are broken down, and stuff's not going well, but they're starting to forgive. And so the, the, the rich people weren't like lording over the poor people, but they were forgiving, and they were forgiving debts and, and giving things back. All right, so these guys, right? So in chapter 
6. All right, stay over there. So in chapter 6, we find that, that the, the enemies of Israel began to plot against Nehemiah. And so they, they had this plot to, oh, well, we'll, we'll get him. We'll, we'll trap him. You, you want to give me an evil laugh? No? Give me an evil laugh. Well, you're Israel. All right. So say, I got gotcha. you. All right. So they, 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 were, they were trying to get Nehemiah, but Nehemiah was following the Lord, and he, he understood. He's like, oh, that's a trap. I shouldn't go do that. Right? And so Nehemiah didn't fall into their trap. And in chapter 6, we find that the wall is finished. The walls and the gates, so everything is finished. The walls that were broken down did not fail. And so they continued to gather. Um, all right, you guys can head down. Thanks. All right, and so the walls were finished. And then so they came together and they began giving offerings again. Because for years and years and years, Israel was not giving to God. And then so... So you just, very good there. See, giving, giving tithes and offerings. And then we find in chapter, chapter 8 that Ezra, the priest, begins to, begins to read the Word of God. All right, you want to say, do not be conformed? Do not be conformed. There you go. Just like we read, Romans was not what they read, but that's all right. <laughs> just, you know. But then we find that the whole people repent. In chapter 9. Can you guys repent and say, Lord, forgive me? There you go. So the whole people, all the people in Jerusalem begin to repent because they understood that now that the walls are built, now that the, the gates are built, they need to look to God and repent. And then so in chapter 10, it finishes with all the people agreeing together to start following the commands of Moses. You want to shake each other's hand? There you go. They... Care? Whoa, careful. All right, you guys can have a seat. All right, thank you. So, we find that the rest of the book is all about um, um, the people repenting and coming back to God. And so, so, so physically and spiritually, the nation of Israel was being rebuilt, right? So, even though there was opposition from uh, physical opposition that they were experiencing, they stayed focused on who they were trying to follow, right? Who, whose they were, because they are the children of God, and just like we are the children of God, they, they took time to, no, you know what? We need to pray. We need to repent. We need to seek God for our help in all that we do. They didn't just say, well, this, things are getting hard, right? When, when they faced opposition, when those, when those enemies started coming and, and being angry and fighting with them, right? They, they stayed focused and they prayed. And then once the walls were built, they thanked God that, that the walls were built and they helped them, right? They, they thanked God that, that they're safe now. And that's why they gave offerings. That's why they gave tithes. They began to care for one another. They, be, they began to give again. They began reading the Word of God. If you know um, the story, Ezra and Nehemiah are two different books, but they're, they, they coincide. And uh, 
Ezra was the, the high priest at the time, and Nehemiah was kind of the, the ruler at the time, and so Nehemiah was, was nationally in charge, and, and Ezra was spiritually in charge, and they worked together, just like, just like our founding fathers said, you know, the Bible and God is how we need to rule, how, how we need to, to, to follow laws, right? Uh, George Washington said at the beginning that it's, let's see, what did he say? It's impossible to rightly govern a nation without, the, without God and the Bible, and that's what they were doing, working together, and that's how we need to incorporate. As we, as we, as we look at these new laws and, and rules and things like that, look at the Bible. Are they following the Bible? Because if not, then we shouldn't agree with it, right? There's a lot of things that are happening that, that I'm not going to go into because it's a family service. But there's a lot of things that, we're, that we can say because they are clearly against Scripture. But we, we, we need to remember that it's about love, right? We, we need to love people. And I'm not saying accept the, the wrong attitudes and the wrong um, laws and, you know, things that are opposed to the Bible. But we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit so that we're not closing gates, but we're opening gates, helping change, right? And not just... Um, arguing with people. And the last thing they did in Nehemiah is they agreed to help each other follow the law of God or the, or the commandments, right? So they, they worked together. So as believers, that's something we need to do too. As, as, we, as we have built a wall around sin, not just around ourselves, but around the church as a whole, right? Because, okay, so if, if half of us are, are great and we're not falling into sin, but the other half are as a church body, we're going to struggle, right? So we need to work together to help each other, and that's what they were doing at the end, you know, help each other grow and help each other follow the commands of God. And that's why it's important that we have people in our lives who, who help us, um, like mentors and people like that, that we can help, that we can show and, and learn so that we, we are not falling into sin and temptation. But as... Nehemiah was faithful to repent and faithful to do something, God healed the city of Jerusalem, right? Physically and spiritually, because they started reading the Bible, they started following the commands again, and we find that the nation of, of, of Israel was rebuilt. And I believe, just like with them, America can be reformed and changed you know, just like, a, just like a ship, right? A ship might, might take a long time to turn, but as, as the body of Christ repents and as the body of Christ seeks to, to encourage and to, to lift up and to stand against what is evil, we can help turn our nation too, back toward God, back toward what the founding fathers wanted for us. Um, so the last verse I want to share is 1 Thessalonians 5, <clears throat> 15. If you want to turn there. And it says, well, if I can find it. All right, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 15 says, Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always tries to be kind to each other. 
and everyone else. Be joyful always. Pray continuously. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecy with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid everything, every kind of evil. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May the whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless as the coming of the Lord, Christ, Lord Jesus Christ. You, uh, the one who calls you, is faithful, and He will do it. So, it's important that we, that we look at that, right? Because there's so many times that it's hard to be joyful always, to pray continuously. But as we do that, we will be in communion with the Holy Spirit. We'll be communion with God who, who helps us to, to find those ways to create a gate to people who don't believe what we believe, who don't have our same views, right? But, but the Holy Spirit will help and guide us, right, as we pray continuously and give thanks in all circumstances. When, some, when somebody says, no, you believe in something that's dumb right? Because that happens sometimes. But you know what? Be joyful in all circumstances. Pray continuously. Be joyful always. And don't put out the Spirit's fire. When, when things don't go our way, when, when we're like, hey, you know what? I believe that we should probably do this because the Bible says so. And somebody says, no, but I'll starts yelling at you. Don't put out that fire the fire of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. Don't, don't let it diminish because of bad circumstances, because of people's opinions, because what we believe is true will happen, right? But as we stay faithful in knowing what we are supposed to do, how we're supposed to do it, He will be faithful to heal our land when we humble ourselves and pray. Pray continuously, giving thanks in all circumstances. And He will... He, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. He will do it. So today being uh, Memorial Day weekend, we, we celebrated uh, those in the military. And so I wanted to share that I know some are vets and stuff like that. And so you, you did your service for the country, but I know another country who still needs service. The kingdom of heaven is always looking for men and women who are willing to fight for him, right? You like that picture? I found that picture. Jesus says, I want you. I want you to be in his army, his kingdom, right? And I know, I, I know most of the people here and, and, and we're believers, right? And so, but God wants us to not just be saved and sit in a pew, but he wants us to do something, right? If you're in the military, you don't just get a cool uniform and thanks, everybody, I'll just sit on this bed the end, right? You do something. You have to go do something. You get assignments. You get, you, you get called out to do something, and God wants to call us out, each one of us, to be that light in the darkness, to be that soldier for Him, right, in the army of Christ. So, just like Nehemiah was willing to, to fight as he rebuilt the nation of Israel, we must be willing to stand for what the Bible says, to stand for what we know is true in our nation, because we are 
yes, we're citizens of America, and it's wonderful. I love being an American citizen, but we're also citizens of heaven, right? And He's calling us to be a part of His, His army, His soldiers. So we're, if you were, you know, part of our country's uh, military, thank you for your service. But there's another service that we must stand for, right? There's another service that is still to come. So are you willing to stand up and fight for Christ, to rebuild His kingdom in this nation and bring His heavenly kingdom back to earth so that we can, we can in turn grow, right, spiritually in this, in this physical place, right? Because it's not, it's not just good enough for the church, you know, to be here and to be to hide, right? It's not just, it's not good enough for just the walls. We must have those gates to help grow, to help encourage, to help bless, to be the ones who don't just build with a tool, right? But you have a sword in the other hand, right? Swords and arms. <laughs> Maybe we'll do more swords and arms. Not today, though. All right. Amen. Let's, let's pray, bless God, and then we will head out into our mission field. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are great and you are mighty, Lord God. We thank you that we get to look to, look to many of our, our Old Testament um, heroes, Lord God, and, and see their character and their, what they did, Father God, and, and helps us to understand and grow in our lives as believers today, Lord Jesus. Give us boldness, give us courage, Lord God, to be part of your army, to be witnesses for you, Father God, to be ones who are called according to your purpose, Lord God, and help us, Lord God, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind daily, Lord God. Help us to pray continuously and praise, Lord God, because in all circumstances in this country, whether good or bad, whatever's happening, Father God, we want to look to you for our peace, for our joy, for our comfort, and not look to the government, look to um, our physical property, Lord God, but look to you because you are the one who leads and you are the one who guides, Father God. Help us to build walls against sin, Lord Jesus. Help us to, to encourage our kids. Help us to be, be the spiritual parents or physical parents, Lord God, who you want us to be, Lord God, parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that we, we, as the body of Christ, have a great responsibility to build those walls and build those gates, Lord God. Help us to, to know what to stand against and how to help bring people in, Lord God. Give us wisdom and understanding in all that we do, Holy Spirit. We thank you and praise you because you are great and you are mighty. You are a creator. We thank you that this nation was created and started on foundations of the Word of God, Lord God. Help us to have wisdom and understanding how to bring that back, Lord Jesus. And Father God, thank you for our men and women in the service currently and the ones past, Lord God. We thank you for their service. We thank you that many of them gave their lives so that we could be here today honoring you, Lord Jesus. And we ask that you help us to, to, to be ones who serve you through our military, Lord Jesus. We thank you and praise you, Lord God. Give us, give us peace and joy today, tomorrow, in the holiday, Father God, and anybody who's, who's suffering, Lord Jesus, because of the holiday, because maybe this holiday is not happy for some, Lord Jesus, who have lost people. Father God, give them peace and strength. Help us to 
find and be sensitive to those who may need your joy, Lord God. Help us to have words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.